Ladies and gentlemen, welcome aboard uh, flight W020200060606. I'm your Captain Bill Gates, and to my right is my co-pilot, Klaus Schwab of the World Economic Forum. And you'll be free to move out the cabin as long as you take the RNA-modified nanotechnology graphene oxide and fetal tissue cell line-filled COVID-19 vaccines. But then you still need to wear a mask. Excuse me! Sir, you need to just sit down right now and just calm down, okay? And you're you're gonna have to wear a mask while you eat the snack. I can't have my snack while I wear my mask. Uh, sir, for your safety, you're gonna have to eat the, eat the snack while you wear your mask. Well, these COVID vaccine mandates, it turns out they're not helping anybody. In fact, when you put RNA modifying nanotechnology inside your body it causes side effects. And so many people are being injured by these RNA-modifying nanotechnology COVID-19 shots. And the people that uh, have the sense of mind and the clarity and the critical thinking skills needed to not want to take the COVID-19 RNA-modifying nanotechnology shots are being pushed out of their jobs. The COVID-19 crisis could be a really watershed moment, a moment of significant change in the history of surveillance because surveillance is being revolutionized, transformed from over-the-skin surveillance to under-the-skin surveillance. Previously, governments were collecting data about what we do, who we meet, where we go, what we watch on television. Now, with this epidemic, they increasingly focus on what's happening inside our body. What's our blood pressure, our body temperature, our, our, our heart rate? Now, this can be used, of course, to identify if you're sick and to create a better healthcare system. You know, it, it's such a that for a government or a corporation, it's like the most important thing in the world to know what people actually feel. Now, tyrants have fantasized about it throughout history, but they could never actually do it. You know, in the USSR, Stalin had this, you know, the huge secret police, and later the KGB, following people around all the time. But the KGB couldn't follow every Soviet citizen 24 hours a day. And even if you had a KGB agent following you, he couldn't know what you're actually feeling. If you heard the speech by Stalin on the radio, you, you smiled and you clapped your hands. What you actually felt, the KGB didn't know. Mm. But a future KGB could know what you actually feel when you hear a speech by the big leader. You can smile and clap your hands, but if your body temperature and blood pressure and heart rate indicate that you're actually angry, you can't hide it from this, this new biometric secret police. One big choice is, for example, whether to give this power to the security services or to an independent health authority. I do think we need the new surveillance tools to help us fight this epidemic and future epidemics. And so here to report from the front lines what's going on with the airline pilots is our good friend Josh Yoder. He's the co-founder of USFreedomFlyers.com. Josh, welcome on to the Thrive Time Show. How are you, sir? Yeah, thanks for having me on, Clay. I appreciate it. Josh, give us an update. What's going on right now? What do our listeners need to know about these COVID-19 vaccine mandates as it relates to pilots? Sure. So what we're doing right now, obviously, we started back in August of last year, and, and we were initially standing up for personal freedoms, you know, bodily autonomy. 
and um, and just it, just the right for for a person to make a choice of what goes into their own body. We moved into a different phase of the three flyers, which is now the accountability phase. Um, we were relatively successful across the board in most airlines and getting them and forcing them into accepting religious and medical exemptions. There are two airlines out there um, currently, as in Atlas, Lita, and several others. Um, who are pushing back there, they're putting employees on the streets because they refuse to take the COVID-19 vaccines. Um, what we're doing is there have been, there's been so much harm for both the unvaccinated, the threats and intimidation and harassment that has happened. Um, many people got vaccinated because they didn't want to, you know, they didn't want to do it, but they were, they were forced into it because they needed to serve their jobs. And now we're seeing vaccine injuries. We're seeing horrific injuries I and mean, cardiac events, neurological conditions, that type of thing, strokes. And, um, so we're bringing accountability across the board. You know, this is the new phase that we're moving into, and we're going to make sure that these people pay for what they've done um, so that they don't do it again. Uh, because we know that if we leave these, these issues unchecked, um, it's something that could potentially resurface in the future. Now, Lane uh, Cavanis, you're a pilot. You fly the 747, which is a massive uh, airliner there. You fly the 747. Again, folks, if you're used to flying on uh, Southwest Airlines, those are 737s, the seven forty seven quite a bit larger. Uh, you fly with Atlas Air. Uh, what's your take? What's going on with pilots that, that do not want to take the COVID-19 RNA-modifying nanotechnology shots? Well, we started getting news of the uh, that it was going to be a mandatory vaccination back in uh, in uh, 20, uh, 2021. They started with this vaccine repository, and they were encouraging us as, uh, you know, frontline folks. We, you know, we we were the first uh, airline to operate flights for Operation uh, or Project Air uh, uh, Airbridge, where we were uh, uh, delivering critical supplies, um, PPE, these kind of things to countries all over the world. So, you know, many of us were exposed early on. We caught COVID. We recovered from it, but they very early on indicated they wanted us to get uh, vaccines, the, the COVID-19 quote unquote vaccine. Um, they wanted to know exactly uh, when we got it. They developed a repository so they could they could determine what percentage of the pilots had been vaccinated. And as they got those numbers increased, uh, they increased the percentage of pilots that got vaccinated. Then the pressure really came uh, where they were saying, "Hey, if you're going to have a future with this airline, you're going to have to be vaccinated." So the pressure came very rapidly. So we we could see that we were going to need help, and that's when we started reaching out and uh, seeking uh, legal legal help. And so if our listeners are out there and they, and they want to uh, help you guys, they want to support you guys, uh, what's the best call to action lane that you're asking our listeners to take right now? Well, right now uh, we, uh, you know, we, we filed a lawsuit in federal court uh, on the 12th uh, with U.S. Freedom Flyers. And the, the best thing they could possibly do would be support us, word of mouth, you know, support U.S. Freedom Flyers. Uh, we have a Gifts in Go account, Atlas Freedom Fund. Uh, I'll tell you, we, uh, we are the tip of the spear. We are where the rubber meets the road. There is no other place that you could uh, send your money where it would be spent uh, uh, more uh, to get a bigger return on your buck for freedom. We we are we're not we're not doing this just for the Atlas Pilot Group. This is for America. This is America. We cannot accept the notion that we can have a forced medical procedure put on us. We will not uh, we will not submit to this, and uh, we're fighting, and we'll take it all the way to the end. And so the Gibson Go account is called Atlas Freedom Fund. Is that right? Atlas Freedom Fund. That's correct, sir. There's a report from a joint report from the government of the UK and Germany about transhumanism. Mm-hmm. And uh, as you know, this is one of the agendas of the World Economic Forum. That's not hidden. It's not a conspiracy. Transhumanism, and and they talk about the RNA vaccines as an entry point. 
uh, just kind of opening that space uh, ethically and otherwise. So that's part of the push for why these particular products is it relates to that transhumanism agenda. And the, Explain the, for anybody who doesn't know. Transhumanism, explain it, break it down. So transhumanism is the belief, is, is the technology suite, I think is the best way to put it, around the idea of both mechanical and biological modification of humans for improved longevity and performance, I think, in general. Well, I think maybe in a couple of decades when people look back, the thing they will remember from the COVID crisis is this is the moment when everything went digital. And, if, and this, is, this was the moment when every, everything became monitored, that we agreed to be surveyed all, all the time, not just in authoritarian machines, but even in democracies. And maybe most importantly at all, this was the moment when surveillance started going under the skin. Because really we haven't seen anything yet. I, I think that the big process that's happening right now in the world is uh, hacking human beings, the ability to hack humans, to understand deeply what's happening within you, what, what makes you, what, what, what makes you go. And for that, the most important data is not what you read and who you meet and what you buy, it's what's happening inside your body. So we had these two big revolutions, the computer science revolution, or the infotech revolution, and the revolution in the biological sciences. And they are still separate, but they are about to merge. They are merging around, I would say, the biometric sensor. It's the thing, it's the gadget, it's the technology that converts biological data into digital data that can be analyzed by computers. And having the ability to really monitor people under the skin this is the, the biggest game changer of all. Okay, and so, so back to you, Josh, and we're going to also ask a few questions for, for Sean here. Uh, Josh, for people out there that want to uh, get involved and support you guys, uh, where, where can they go to do that? They can, they can usfreedomflyers.org, you know, click on the donate uh, tab there. That The money that you donate to US Freedom Flyers um, goes directly into our legal fight. We are a 100% volunteer force. Um, so many people that, that are currently flying, some that are not flying, and we're all working together to obviously raise the funds um, for, for all the litigation that we're bringing. We're bringing massive lawsuits. For those that have seen the Epic Times article uh, written by Enrico, it was incredible. That has gone 100% viral. And um, I, would just, I would just ask everybody to, to please support us. You know, when you donate money to us, th this, goes, this goes directly uh, to the cause. And, and we're fighting around the clock, uh, 20, 24 hours a day. It's just unbelievable. I can tell you the phone calls that are coming in, uh, the vaccine, the injuries that we're seeing, you know, the people that are, are really upset because they got vaccinated, they were forced into doing something they didn't want to do. And then obviously the, the unvaccinated who are still being harassed and threatened at work and who are being mistreated by, by other uh, vaccinated employees. And obviously not everyone, but um, the, the level of discrimination and harassment that's going on is just unconscionable. I feel calls every single day. I get so many phone calls. I literally can't respond to them all. We're trying to help so many people, and uh, your support and, and, and your listeners be very greatly appreciated. Now, uh, Sean, uh, you, you set up this, this interview today. Uh, uh, you were uh, very concerned by what's happening to America's uh, uh, pilots. Uh, why is it that, that you are, are so uh, heavily involved in trying to get this message out? First of all, I'll play like you. I have a podcast. I'm out here in the Soviet of Washington, 
and uh, eager to leave. Uh, to me, it's a matter of consumer protection. I'm an angry passenger. Uh, now that I've discovered what's going on with these pilots, uh, prior to even getting on the aircraft, I as a consumer am being denied my consumer rights to say no. If I had known that getting on an aircraft that a pilot might code over the controls, I don't want to get on the plane. You know, it's, it's safety is everything with aircraft. There's no second chances for coming back. And as a teacher, I've told my students that, always check your work, check each other's work. Well, here, uh, they're setting us up and these pilots for uh, potential failure, and there's no coming back from that other than these vax injuries and long uh, loss of careers. I've jotted down a few things. First of all, when it comes to consumer protection, uh, when you buy a ticket to get on an aircraft, it should be fully disclosed the terms of it, and that is that you're going to go from point A to point B. We're trusting these pilots with their training, with our lives, to get us there, to bring us home. And that should be the ultimate goal. I've often told my students, you can't get out and fix the plane in mid-flight. You cannot do it. You have one shot at it taking off, one shot at landing. And hopefully you've trusted the people who've done their jobs along the way. And it's not just the pilots, it's the baggage handlers, the stewardesses, the ground crew, people that balance the aircraft prior to getting on and fuel it. There's so many things that go into aviation safety, and it's all being ignored at, at the very peril of the very passengers who ride these aircraft. And the airlines don't seem to care. Secondly, uh, there should be safety in all modes of transportation, even big trucks going down the road. You know, if a driver copes over his controls, you can wipe out 26 vehicles and five, six families. Uh, trains, uh, people who do any sort of uh, shipping. Um, we got to talk about Captain Bob Snow, and we got to talk about how these pilots are literally risking their lives so that we can uh, get from point A to point B. I'll be quiet. Lane, you should tell us about Captain Bob Snow. Well, uh, Captain Bob Snow, I actually got a call from Josh. Uh, Captain Bob Snow had the cardiac event there at DFW where he landed his Airbus. DFW International Airport taxied in. I saw his logbook, actually. Uh, six minutes after his main wheels touched down on the runway, taxied into the gate. The passengers were deplaning. Uh, he completed the engine shutdown checklist and then coded. He went into full cardiac arrest on the flight deck. And uh, luckily, I believe it was a... Uh, a naval uh, medic was on uh, board Corman, and uh, he got other assistance. But you know, uh, had to get dragged out of the flight deck, and they had to shock him three times with the defibrillator to get his heart started again. Now, <clears throat> we visited Captain Snow in his hospital room, and uh, he told us that under protest, he did not want to take the uh, J and J vaccine or quote unquote vaccine. I call it a quote unquote vaccine because we all know it's not a vaccine; right. it's a shot. Um, he uh, took the. Uh, took it under duress and immediately had complications, had uh, side effects from the vaccine, and he attributes, uh, attributes his cardiac arrest directly to the J&J shot. So, so Lane, uh, why is it that you believe that every American, as a, as a pilot, why does every American need to know about pilots who have taken the RNA modified nanotechnology shots inside their body? Why, why do American consumers, you know, back to Sean's point, I mean, if I'm a consumer and I hop on a plane, why is it important to know whether pilots have taken these shots or not? Well, I think the big thing is because we don't know. 
this thing hasn't been tested. You know, the, the previous uh, standards for FAA, uh, any kind of medication that you took, is that it'd be approved by the FDA and been on the market after the approval for 12 months. That's not the case here. And because we already know that per the, per the VAERS, uh, their own numbers, we already know this is the deadliest vaccine in human history, even with all other vaccines combined. So I think that's why it's important. There's so many things we don't know about it. Josh, why, why do you believe everybody needs to know about, uh, you know, the, the coercion that's going on behind the scenes to get these pilots to take these shots? Well, what has happened at the airlines, Clay, I mean, I can tell you, and this is not just the airlines, but many other industries, I can tell you just like the number of like suicides that I've dealt with, uh, the, the mental health that the, the mental health breakdown that has happened is absolutely incredible. Uh, but I think it's also it's primarily the safety issue here for passengers and also for the people who have received the shots, you know, the pilots. Um, all it takes, all it takes is an adverse reaction at the wrong time, specifically during critical phases of flight on takeoff and landing um, that, that could that could really affect uh, the outcome for, for hundreds of people. And, and this is this is something that needs to be taken seriously. I mean, like Lane said, the FAA has a long history of safety. And they, they have completely dropped the ball on this. They've done zero long-term safety studies, none whatsoever. Um, as a matter of fact, just, just a few weeks ago, the FAA actually went in and changed its language. After I've been calling them out publicly, they, they now have like, uh, they've changed the language uh, surrounding the COVID-19 shots, right? They're, they're trying to avoid litigation, and that's not gonna happen uh, because we have we have all the data like going back and we see that they've broken their own rules. And, and they, they are violating the trust of the American people. And this is not something that's going to go uncountered. Sean, I'll give you the final word out there. What do you want our listeners to know today as it relates to pilots being forced or coerced into taking the RNA-modifying nanotechnology shots? What happens to the pilots happens to all of us, Clay. And uh, it's a huge issue of trust. Um, you know, Captain Bob Snow, luckily he landed and he got to the gate. But what if he had landed and then coded over the controls before the aircraft stopped? You know, you're talking about a rolling bomb here. And how many people would have been out at that airport if he hadn't made it to the gate? You know, and then there's pilots fighting before they get off the runway. Some of them are asking each other, hey, have you had the vaccine? Yes or no? And they're getting into fights. We don't need them getting into fights prior to taking off. they got to wow. be paying attention to everything going on at those controls. Wow. Well, you guys, I appreciate you guys being on the front line and being uh, courageous in, in, in sharing your story. What I'm going to do is in the description of today's show, I'm going to put a, a link to each of your organizations so that people can learn more and get involved if they want to do that. And again, I appreciate you guys boldly being on the, on the front lines, putting your face out there to share the truth about what's happening. And I have one final question here uh, for Lane. Lane, if you had to explain to someone the size difference between a 747 and a 737, how would you describe that? Well, I think the easiest way we could do that, uh, when I'm fully loaded with passengers and flight attendants, like when we do the military flights, we're the largest uh, provider of military uh, cargo and passenger airlift for the U.S. military, I have about 450 passengers on my aircraft. A 737 might have 137, so that's probably wow. the best way. Uh, another way, a fully loaded 767, which is roughly three times the size of a 737, if you took a fully loaded 767 with fuel cargo passengers, melted it down, just the weight of it would fit in my gas tanks. So that, that's that's how big a 747 is. It's a beautiful aircraft. I'm just so privileged to fly it. Well, brother, thank you so much for, for, for tell, uh, you know, carving up time to be here. And, uh, again, thank you guys for all you're doing to keep our, our, our you know passengers out there, our listeners, safe. I appreciate you guys. We'll talk to you soon. Take care. Thanks, Thanks Clay. Clay. Appreciate it. All right. Thank you, Clay.
Fraud, monetary fraud, and mainstream media gets out. It may just save the nation. 